There we go. Good evening and welcome to my second hour on A right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. And of course, all the way from Gauteng to the Cape 729. Cape Pulpit also tuned in tonight. And it's so awesome. We are also simulcasting tonight. So we've got audience from literally right around the world. Well, for this specific show this evening, we actually had quite a build up. Uh, since Friday, we have created online ads and we've actually marketed this evening because this evening for us, yeah, on filling the gap, of course, kingdom legislation tonight with myself and Reverend Paul Coupe. It is a huge evening for us. So before we go any further, please, right now, wherever you are, please phone a friend, send a WhatsApp, send a text message, tell all of them to tune in tonight because tonight we're giving God all the glory for amazing, amazing breakthrough. For two years we've been fighting for this, and the breakthrough came last week, Thursday, the 23rd of June. 2022 and um, we can't wait to share that with you so if you are new to Filling the Gap Filling the Gap is a program where myself Dwayne van Rensburg uh, talk about relevant topics and one of the stuff that's relevant in our country is of course uh, legislation kingdom legislation and we've got a, a role to play if it comes to our job in parliament, the church's job in parliament and I've got the privilege for the past 24 months sharing the airwaves with someone that's a front running in the world out there, and that is none other than Reverend Paul Coupe. And every last Monday of the month, I really have the privilege of sharing the airwaves with her, and tonight is a big evening for the two of us, but before we go any further, good evening, Rev, how are you? Well, good evening, Dwayne, and a great big good evening to everybody across South Africa. It's been a chilly past few days, I think it's snowing somewhere, but you know, um, there's a lot still to be hopeful about and Dwayne and I are looking really forward to just giving you an update about what's going on um, and you know it's it's really exciting times that we're in so I'm looking forward to this session Dwayne. Well something that's actually quite new to me well relatively new compared to the amount of years that you've got in the industry but for the past two years I've been sharing the airwaves of filling the gap uh, with you Reverend Paul Coupe and just the other day I told my wife if, if I, I wonder if I would have done all of this again if I knew two years back what I had to go <laughs> through two years with you because we've had we've had onslaughts on this program we've had we, when we spoke about the hate speech bill we spoke about the Peputa bill we spoke about mandatory vaccinations we spoke about all those things and people really came at us I know you're used to it I'm not used to it yeah <laughs> but we really had a yes, tough 24 um, months. I was about to say welcome to our world, Dwayne. I've been doing this, I think, just this activism part. I've been a lawyer for uh, 37 years, but the activism part for 20 years. So welcome to our world. <laughs> Rev, you know what actually shocked me through this past 24 months? It wasn't as much the critics and the onslaught that I got from the general public. I'll be bluntly honest with you, that is something that has never been of concern to me. I think the thing that yeah. shocked me the most was the onslaught the past 24 months that I got from the church specifically, oh, yeah. church leaders, oh, yeah. people that's in head of big denominations in South Africa that really yeah. went at me and said that, listen, Dwayne, you guys are really talking a bunch of rubbish. And every yeah. single time, Rev, the, 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 the results come out and we stand astounded at what God has done through this program that the two of us has been having. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, one has to expect that. 
we have different degrees of revelation and we also have different degrees of understanding. I think one of the things that we're not very good at, Dwayne, is that, you know, um, people who are just locked up within the environment of the church, they don't actually have a tendency of bringing in people who are also experts in their field. So we have got people who are graced in particular areas, who can understand what's going on in terms of the aspects of law. I think it's unfortunate when you have people who are pastors and they want to now give advice on legal issues. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I'm saying if they're well-read, because I do know some pastors who are well-read, who understand legal issues and can represent. But if you're not, it's just as the same as I wouldn't want to go and make medical statements out there because I'm not medically trained. And so I think we have to be careful about that and careful about trying to be experts and, and um, make ourselves out to be experts when we're not. And I'm saying this because I remember on one occasion, there was one um, person who criticized and went at us um, for the in the aspect of around the the submissions and was claiming that millions or hundreds of thousands of submissions had been made. And he was able to say that because he doesn't understand the legalities around making submissions, legal submissions and petitions, that there's a distinction between the two. So petitions, you can hand in petitions where people, many signatories on one petition. But on legal submissions, you cannot sign as a church and sign, uh, say we represent 5,000 people and it's counted for 5,000. It's just not that way. That one signature that appears on behalf of 5,000 people is counted as one signature. So if you are a pastor and you don't understand those legalities, then um, it's better to be quiet than to mislead people into thinking there's a whole church that thinks, oh, we 5,000 of us submitted, and it's not 5,000. It's actually one. It counts as one because that's the legal protocols. So I, I think we must be very careful around releasing false information and fake information. Mm. You know, the challenge I think we have is that with the internet, everybody seems to hold themselves out as an expert. And if you're not in that particular field, you can be easily misled and deceived because there's so much fake news out there. You will not know what's true and what's, what's um, you know, false. So um, let's, let's be alert. Let's be vigilant. The Bible warns us that in the last day, there will be a lot of deception. And so let us be alert to that so that we're not deceived and we're not taken out of our kingdom mandate and our kingdom purpose. That is what is really of critical importance in this season. The church as the ecclesia is expected to, to function as the salt and the light, which means we must bring the taste, the flavor, and bring the direction in terms of light. So I pray that we'll be able to do that together as a unified body and not being carnivorous and, um, you know, just feasting on one, one on each other. There's a cannibalistic spirit that I see actually manifesting itself in the body of Christ, where instead of functioning together, completing one another, we're competing against each other and we're trying to sabotage and take one another out. That should never happen in the body of Christ. Psalms 133 should be our directive that it's pleasing to God when we operate together in unity. And that's where he releases the oil, the anointing. And that's where 
at the end of that scripture, it says he commands, he instructs the blessing. He doesn't suggest or recommend it. He commands it. So come on, church, let's work together as the body of Christ to fulfill kingdom agenda and give glory to God and lift up the name of our Lord and our Savior. <laughs> and there she goes. We haven't even started with the program and she's running. Nevertheless, <clears throat> Rev correctly said, uh, yeah, some of, uh, some, of the, some of the stuff that we've done on air has, it has been openly criticized and we, we, we couldn't spend yeah. too much time, myself and you, um, we tried to over-exaggerate. We tried to spend so much time explaining to people the difference between an individual submission and a petition. And and one of the stuff that we've that we've been I'm not gonna say we've been battling with it because I remember the one day we were less than thirteen thousand submissions and then myself and you went on air and we went on yeah. this huge rampage and we got a hundred thousand submissions three days later through a network of other people as well. But Rev, it's, it's sometimes yeah. so it's sometimes so hard for us doing these things and we yeah. very seldom see the the positive results. During our journey, we've been approached, yeah. uh, I've been approached, of course, you as well, by political parties after hearing us on air, a political party offers, offered me an opportunity to run for them. Um, and and both, yeah. both of us said that we are into kingdom legislation, not the agenda of a party. Yeah. But Rev, we're yeah. celebrating tonight because... Some yeah. of the stuff that we wanted the general public of South Africa to jump on board with us, we said that you have a voice, make your voice heard, and we've given them the avenues and the channels the past 24 months where to go to, and we're celebrating tonight because I believe the general public of South Africa have won in the most recent uh, announcement that, yeah. that, that, that happened last week Thursday. Yeah, well, it actually happened yesterday. <laughs> last week thursday absolutely and um you know uh Dwayne, it's it's amazing because you know one of the things that has been a, a pretty much a sore point is that um you know there's been a divide kind of a division within the body of christ mm. with this aspect of mandatory vaccination whereby you have one group saying, you know, it should be mandatory, another group saying it shouldn't be mandatory. Now, we have always maintained, and I have been pretty much very trying to emphasize that this issue and our agenda is not just, it should not be limited to mandatory vaccination. The crux of the matter, the real issue is around our right and freedom of choice. We are fighting for constitutional rights in this matter. And we've always said that mandatory vaccination issue will come to an end. But at the end of the day, when it ends, we don't want your constitutional rights to have been taken away. Because once a precedent has been set to take away your rights, you will never get them back again, or it will be very difficult. It will be years again before you are able to get those um rights, hard-earned and hard-fought rights. So it's always been about protection of constitutional rights. And that's why we have encouraged the citizens of this nation, as well as the body of Christ, to rise up and fight and demand for those um, constitutional rights. And one of those key ones which we've drummed over and over is your right to freedom of choice. Freedom of choice, which comes with uh, your right to dignity. They, they're, they're both you know, intertwined, your right to bodily integrity, to physiological, psychological integrity. Those are all constitutionally enshrined rights. And we're saying, don't give them away. 
your right to freedom of belief, religion, and opinion. Those are all rights that are specifically a part of this mandatory vaccination um, fight. And we've said, don't give them away. Stand for them and make sure that they're protected because God himself gave us free will. You know, he said, blessings I've placed before you. I've placed before you blessings and curses, life and death. And then he said, you choose. So he's given us freedom of choice, free will. And so really, we can't allow uh, leaders out there to, to take away that free will, that freedom of choice that is not only God-given, but is also constitutionally entrenched. So the greater big announcement that was actually made, it was it, it came out Thursday morning, but uh, in truth, it was on Wednesday night that the Gazette was actually released. Mm. And it was very, very interesting. So let me go back to say that on, I think it was Monday, on the 20th of June was Monday, I think. Mm. So on the 20th of, of June, uh, what happened was that there was an internal memo that was sent out from the Minister of Health, Dr. Joe Pasha. He sent out this memo to all health MC, MECs. And in this, uh, basically we understand now that that memo, internal memo, was not really meant for public consumption. I think it, it was leaked to the public, but we saw the memo. And like I said, it was addressed to all health MACs. And they were being consulted on the aspect of repealing the regulation that dealt with critical control measures to contain the spread of COVID-19. So the Minister of Health sent out this memo to all health MECs, and he basically said this. He said a scenario and he said, listen, um, in terms of whatever studies they've done, we have observed the following. One, the number of reported COVID cases has gone down. Two, the number of hospitalizations also with regard to COVID have decreased. Three, number of deaths also. COVID, so-called COVID-related deaths have decreased. And also, fourthly, he talked about the variant, that, you know, the variant had not changed or mutated, as they kept saying it was mutating. And they also said that there was no new wave, because you know how they always like to say there's a new mm. wave. So in their observations, there was no new wave. So on the basis of all those points, no new cases, no hospitalizations or decrease in hospitalizations, deaths, no change in the variant, and no new wave. On the basis of all of, all of that, the minister now came to the conclusion, released government gazette, I think it was number 11447, um, saying and asking the MEC of Health to make input and advice by the following day, which was Tuesday, Tuesday, midday, Tuesday on the 21st of June. And they were to advise whether they were in support of the repeal of these regulations or advise otherwise. So this is what happened. And then after the MECs made their submissions, which was on Tuesday midday, then the matter was to be discussed uh, in cabinet and recommendations were to come out within 48 to 72 hours, which is what happened um, on Wednesday. So we saw on Wednesday night, then Minister Joe Pata very quietly, without any fanfare, 
very quietly, uh, Nicodemusly, one would always uh, almost say, <laughs> in, in the middle of the night, repealed. We, we, we woke up, you know, I think it was Wednesday night that I saw the repeal by government gazette just silently repealed it on Wednesday night. And of course, um, we woke up to the news on Thursday morning that um, the repeal had gone through. Now, what are the what are the what does the repeal actually talk about? I'm going to generally talk about it, Dwayne, and then I'd like to talk about the implications, mm. um, if we can, of what does it mean in practical terms. Do. So basically, the government gazette noticed that the minister surreptitiously or nicodemously released <laughs> on Wednesday night now stated that South Africans no longer need to wear face masks. It also stated that the limits on gatherings um, had been dropped and also limits on border checks had been dropped. And just as well as the need to be vaccinated to enter South Africa has also been dropped. So let's go through them one by one to understand truly what it means. So Regulation 16A which was one of the regulations that was dropped, repealed, has to do with no masks, no masks. So it means that you and I now, because remember the last regulation um, dropped the wearing of masks outside. So people did not have to wear masks outside, but once they entered a building, they were required to wear masks. So it now means in practical terms, you don't need to wear a mask at all, whether outside or inside. You don't need to wear a mask at all. Now, I'm going to, I want to go deeper because there there are different implications on different people. So let's talk about schools Mm. and workplaces and and what's happening there. So on the 23rd of June, uh, which was Thursday, the Department of Basic Education through the minister, uh, you know, responsible, uh, Minister Angie 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 Moseja, yes. The Minister of Education released a media statement to say the following. Said that the wearing of face masks is no longer a requirement. So she has agreed with the the government um, gazette repeal. She said it's no longer a requirement. And she said it is optional for learners and for educators, in other words, the teachers, um, to wear, it's optional. So whether they wear face masks is up to them. Mm. They decide whether they want to wear them or whether they don't want to wear them. She also made another interesting um, statement in the media statement. She said that the, the Ministry of Basic Education supports the vaccination of children with parental consent. Of course, they're still on. We know that they're going to sure. still push sure. their vaccination agenda because Mm. you know there are other related reasons why they want people vaccinated which have nothing to do with their health Mm. so um yeah so but what i found interesting is that they're now saying they support the vaccination of children with they say with parental consent because previously the ministry of education was not worried about consent they did not care really about parental consent and so it was interesting to me that they're now emphasizing that it must be with parental consent. And I believe the reason that they're doing that is because there are a number of cases, court cases. One of the court cases that is still in court 
um, you know, court cases that that was been pursued was by through the ACDP, uh, the Teddy case that they called. And I know that Dear SA is also pursuing a, a court case also still against them pertaining to to um, vaccination. So I believe that some of the 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 changes that have been made have been due to active citizenry through, you know, a lot of individuals have been going out there. Um, you know, people like my friend, advocate Sabelo Sibanda, quite a few of us have been going out there and, and networks. I'm going to mention those networks later. Just give a shout out to some of the key frontline networks that have really been dogged in educating the public, sensitizing the public, going to war, uh, representing, um, you know, individuals. And, and, and so I'm going to I'm going to mention um, them one by one, as many as I can remember. Most of them will probably be the ones that I've worked with. So if I miss any out there, please don't take it personally. It's just that um, I remember those that I work with more closely. Yeah. So regulation 16.8, no masks. So in schools, then it's optional. So if you are a learner, if you are a teacher, it is optional. Remember that now in workplaces. In workplaces, it's, as far as I know and understand now, workplaces still have the, they can still have the, the, the decision still rests on the workplaces in terms of what internal policy they want to put in place. Mm. They want to play, put in place. So let, let me put it this way. For instance, for me, if I'm going into a shop, some shop out there, I do not need to wear a mask. Mm. No shop can force me to wear a mask. However, the employees of that shop, if that shop decides to have a policy that you must wear masks, then as a result of their workplace policy, the employees may still have to wear masks. Is it fair? No, I don't think it's fair. And we're still going to be pushing for that, Dwayne. But I'm just saying that um, as of now, the option to as to uh, the workplace policy is still been left with the employers and employees. We're still fighting to make sure that all employees can enjoy the same benefits that the rest of the public is enjoying, which is optional, that you have the choice to decide whether you want to wear a mask or not. Interestingly enough, Dwayne, Old Mutual this week, or I think just last week, just um, towards the end of last week, they announced that um, mandatory vaccination and testing of employees is no longer mandatory. So Old Mutual, which was one of the big, big companies that was forcing mandatory vaccination, have now dropped it. Mm. And it's no longer mandatory to be vaccinated nor is it mandatory to be tested. And I've actually seen um, a copy of their policy saying that, so I'm comfortable in mentioning that. And I'd like to say and challenge and confront all the other organizations and companies out there, we are hoping and expecting that a number of employer organizations will also follow suit. Look, most of the organizations out there were actually implementing this mandatory vaccination policy because you erroneously believed that the government had implemented a mandatory vaccination policy. Government has never 
implemented a mandatory vaccination policy. They encourage vaccination. So encouraging vaccination is different from saying you have to be vaccinated, mm. mandatory. So government never implemented a mandatory vaccination policy. And I got that from the deputy minister himself of health, that it's never um, actually been implemented. It's been aggressively pushed and it's been encouraged. There is a difference. And so many of the workplace um, environments and companies implemented it on that understanding, erroneous understanding, thinking that it was actually mandatory when it was still optional. So I want to say to all employer organizations, the legs have been removed from you. There is no longer any justification. If government has gotten rid of all the protocols and they're now saying no need to, um, no need to, to, to wear masks, no need to have a limitation on the number of people in a gathering. No need to have PCR tests or antigen tests to enter into South Africa. No COVID travel restrictions for South Africa. If government has gone to that point, why are you still imposing the wearing of masks on your own employees? So it's a farce what you're doing. And you need to follow suit, do what Old Mutual has done and all other um, uh, organizations must follow suit. And I say this also to the universities. You need to follow suit as well. Come on, UFS, University of Free State. You know, stop being so stubborn. Come on, University <laughs> of Johannesburg. Come on, Stellenbosch. Come on, Wits. What are you waiting for? You know, UCT at least has made um, their policy voluntary. It is optional. So students and educators at UCT, because of the pushback that was given, a number of, of organizations pushed back, demanded to see evidence of the consultation that UCT said they made. And when UCT failed to show proof of that evidence, they had to go back and consult. And in the process of consulting, uh, they got information back to show that nobody wanted a mandatory vaccination policy. And so they had to make it optional. So please, uh, you know, we, we know that the universities have received an incredible amount of money from some of the sponsors who are also involved in enforcing mandatory vaccination. WITS and UCT alone received $154 million between 2014 and 2018. They received that from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So we know all of that. And, um, but that is not any reason to impose vaccinations on people who do not want to be forcefully vaccinated. So that's what I wanted to say on the issue of masks. So I wanted us to sort of interrogate. I hope people have a sense of what the issues around masks. Now, the, the last thing I want to say on masks, um, Duane, is um, put a little bit of uh, scientific and medical aspects on this. And what I would like to say on masks is uh, there are plenty, plenty of question marks on the efficacy of masks. Unless your mask is a N, what is called an N95 mask, which is a specifically made mask for, you know, people who are in theaters, medical theaters, etc. Unless it's N N95, which is, it goes through certain processing, etc. Then let me tell you, your mask is pretty much useless. It is pretty much useless because only the N5 certified masks are the ones that scientifically have been proven 
to have some some type of reduction of 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 you know the viral issues like that so um you know many medical experts especially those from the world council of health and i will be happy to release the website for the world council of health for people to see on their own you know what what it's saying but basically the evidence on mask stopping transmission of sars covid so-called covid-19 is 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 really not in support of that the what is said is that the primary mode of transmission of covid-19 uh so-called covid-19 is through aerosols which means and aerosols when you talk about aerosols these are very small little respiratory droplets and aerosols can travel through low cost masks um even through surgical masks even through cloth cloth masks which the majority 95% of the general public use those masks and those aerosols those droplets those small tiny particles can travel through that that's why we're saying even the wearing of those masks really if they're not n95 was a sham and so studies conducted on low cost surgical masks cloth masks in may not in 2020 scientists found that masks did not reduce viral transmission of the even the common flu virus even the common flu virus so i want to say that and i'm saying that just to say it's good that masks therefore have been dropped because there's plenty of scientific study research to show that because of the nature of this so-called virus that um the mask that we buy most of the masks we buy you and i out there some buy masks you know in the general pick and pays and the wherever it is you buy them some of the chinese shops they are not helping you at all helping you at all so um to date like i said they say that scientific evidence shows that masks offer very limited or no benefit in reducing the spread of the so-called covid-19 and i and other viruses so masks that's what i have to say on masks second thing that was taken away regulation 16b which deals with gatherings so there's no longer any ban or restrictions on gatherings you know they were putting numbers of how many people could be indoors so that has been lifted that has been lifted and then the third thing uh result or consequence from the repeal of these regulations is regulation 16c which now deals with no travel entry requirements which means when you enter into south africa now there's no longer any pcr tests or antigen tests required which is amazing this is wonderful dwayne because i recently traveled to london and you know i entered into london i didn't have to have a pcr test i didn't have to take an antigen test i didn't have to quarantine i didn't have to social isolate and i didn't have to wear a mask it was freedom and liberty and it's been like that in london since march since the end of march april they dropped all covid protocols now the tragedy of it for me was coming back home when i came back home in may mid may i had to now have a pcr test so i said oh my god my all of that i'd gotten so used to the freedom of no mask of no social distancing and by the way england has more covid cases than we have we have fewer cases here in africa and with with only between 6 and 11% of the total continent vaccinated 
So, so yes. So it now means that no PCR tests. Anybody who's coming into South Africa, which will be good for our tourism as well, because Botswana lost 110 million pula, which is $11 million in two weeks because of canceled, canceled uh, tourist visits to Botswana because of their mandatory vaccination policy, which by God's grace, um, you know, having worked with people in Botswana, in particular members of parliament, and I always want to give uh, the MP opposition leader, Dumelang Salishande, who is very key in pushing back that vaccination policy. I always want to give him a shout out. He was very critical in that we worked very closely with him and the Ministry of Tourism. And that resulted in the overturning of the mandatory vaccination policy that they put in place at the border. So, so that's basically it, Duane. I mean, I think it's time that South Africa came to the party. Listen, there's 68 nations around the world, Duane. 68 nations. And by the way, South Africa is now the 68th nation. It is number 68. Where there's no testing that's required, no COVID-19 testing, no PCR testing, no antigen testing, no quarantine ne necessary, um, no vaccination requirements to enter the nation, nothing like that. There are 68 nations around the world. And unfortunately, only four are African nations. There's, I think it's Benin, I think it's Benin, I think it's Gabon, I think it's Egypt and also South Africa now. Only four African nations out of 54 official African nations. So what is happening with the other 50 nations? Come on, Botswana. Come on, Lesotho. Come on, Eswatini. Come on, Namibia. Come on, Zambia, Zimbabwe. Come on, all these Cameroon, Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, all these nations. You need to lift and, and quit these. We, as Africans, we depend. We depend on tourism. And by the way, it was 47 African nations, Duane, that um, put a dent in the WHO attempt to take away the territorial sovereignty of nations. So mm -hmm. with their new international health regulations, they wanted the power to declare emergency on any nation at any time, which means the WHO could just lock down a nation at any time. And it was the combined effort of 47 nations, African nations, and the statement was read by Botswana, the Botswana Deputy Permanent Secretary of Health, uh, Mr. Moses Ketile, and the African nation said no. So I'm saying to the African nations again, you need to wake up, smell the coffee. We rely on tourism. Tourism for most African nations is a major breadwinner. So if 68 nations around the world have done away with COVID protocols, and of those 68, only four are African nations, what has happened to the other 50? Come on, other 50 countries. Come on, Rwanda. Come on, Ghana. Come on, all you other African nations. Come on, Morocco. Come on, all, all you nations out there. Sudan, South Sudan. We need to wake up and let's make sure our jobs, people get their jobs back. Um, organizations are functioning properly again. And uh, we get our lives back, most importantly. Families get their lives back. Let's get back into business and let's drop these protocols. If Europe and the UK 
have dropped all these protocols and yet the statistics are worse than others, surely that is incentive. Incentive, and it's, it's, it's clearly great incentive for us to do the same. So that's pretty much that. Um, Dwayne, that's a, I think it's a great, great um, achievement. The, 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 you know, thank you for using Radio Pulpit as a platform to mobilize and sensitize people. I want to congratulate South Africa, all South African citizens out there to say well done for playing your part. Uh, I've seen all the information flying on what's up on social media. Well done for not giving in as individuals. Well done to all the networks out there. Uh, I work with the Red List um, Network as a legal spokesperson. So well done to the Red List and my dear friend, the founder of Red List, Catherine Raffaelli. Well done to Dear SA and my other good friend who we also work with, Rob Hutchinson. Um, well done to Panda and another good friend, Nick Hudson, who leads Panda. Well done to 4SA, Freedom of Religion South Africa, also with very dear friends, Michael Swain and, and Daniela. Well done to Niasa, which is the, the employer organization, and another good friend, Harad, Harad Papenfus. Well done to him. Um, oh, so many organizations have been at the forefront and some of the international organizations that I work with, uh, CHD, which is Children's Health Defense, Defense, which is run by Robert F. Kennedy. And we are part of the Africa board with a number of friends like Dr. Susanne Fosler, um, who who's also sits on the board, Rob Hutchinson from DRSA, Nick Hudson from Panda. We all sit on that board and Shabnam Mohammed also. Um, also as part of that board. And well done to World Council of Health, another international organization we work with, along with people like Dr. Tess Lowry, Dr. Robert Malone, um, so many amazing people, also Dr. Ryan Cole, and many, many others on there. So well done to all these organizations, all these networks, all these movements, all the individuals out there, all the lawyers out there who've been helping with the cases, people like Advocate Sabelo Sabanda, well done um, to all of you. And um, Action for Freedom is another group that I work closely with, with Colin Loggenberg, and uh, who is also working with um, Sabelo. But well done to Radio Pulpit, especially in our Radio Pulpit listeners. Yes, Dwayne, you the man. Thank you for using this <laughs> platform to push back they are saying that monkeypox is coming in, but hey, you know, we are going to live our lives. We're going to thank God for this new freedom and this liberty. We're going to pray. We're going to love one another. We're going to walk in liberty and freedom. Yeshua came to set the captives free. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. All right, so Rev, I want to make a rhetorical yeah. statement. This is not open for discussion by myself and you. <laughs> we, we've been so uh, cautious, or let me rather say, we've been aware of not using this platform to push our personal agendas, um, but rather to to yes. to to legislate, to teach our people about legislation. So this is a rhetorical statement, Rev. Don't reply on this because then I need another. <laughs> then I need another hour. Okay. But I read an article okay. um, by someone who 
asked to the World Health Organization this specific rhetorical question. The person stated and said it took the world two years and four months. In other words, it took the world 28 months to scientifically prove that the mask has got zero effect. It makes one wonder whether there was a true agenda for putting an injection in someone's arm with less than three months of investigation and research being done. One can't help but question whether there was an agenda. Uh, Putting an injection into someone's arm is surely more serious than putting a mask on someone's face. So that is a rhetorical statement, but it it is a statement, in my opinion, (laughs) that carries a lot of weight, Rev. Absolutely. Absolutely carries a, a lot of weight. And, and you know, we were when we were in Bath, we went to the Better Way Conference. There were four of us uh, South Africans who came from, I think, from South Africa that represented there. Uh, Shabna Mohammed, myself, um, Sabelo uh, Sibanda was also there. Fari Hassan, also another incredible individual who's God's using powerfully. But there were a number of us and Menzo. Um, also, Maseko also went with us uh, to represent South Africa. And one of the, the, the people who've been really doing incredible work um, internationally is from the United States called Dale Bigtree. I did a little video with him, you know, him showing him encouraging South Africa to stand strong. And in that video, he kept saying, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask as many questions as you Mm, can. And if they're not answered, you must wonder why they're not being answered. So we need to ask questions. Mm. Those those are the things we need to ask. We need to ask, why is it that other vaccinations are not approved before 10 years of testing? Why was this one approved so quickly? Such questions. We need to ask questions. We need to ask very deep questions like that. Mm. You know, so keep asking questions. And when people don't want to answer your questions, then you need to know that something is up. So I'm glad that that question was those questions are being asked. We have a right to ask questions as as citizens. You have a right to ask questions about foreign substances that are being put in your body because you have a right to bodily integrity, physiological integrity, psychological integrity. It is your body. You have a right. Nobody can deny that. You have a right to know the content of anything that has been injected in your body. And if people are not going to tell you or do not want to tell you, then those are grounds for suspicion. Why would they not want to tell you? It's either they don't know or the substance content must not be good for you. You have a right to ask all those questions and never, ever shy away from that right. We are not, um, you know, people dummies out there who can just be taken advantage of as active citizens you need to take ownership for your health and for the health of your neighbors and your community and so come on south africa let's do this we can do this if we are not being led and our leaders are not taking responsibility for leading us effectively and taking care of us then we need to take ownership of our own health and our own rights and we need to have a voice And we need to be a platform of kingdom expression. This is marking a new season in the history of South Africa. 
this is marking a new dispensation. And we declare Isaiah 43, 19 over South Africa. South Africa, we say to you, Isaiah 43, 18, forgetting the former things, but we are stepping into Isaiah 43, 19. And God said in, in, in Isaiah 43, 19, see, behold, I will do a new thing, South Africa. Mm. God is going to do it. And part of the new thing is that he's opening up the eyes of our understanding. He's giving us wisdom and revelation knowledge. He's giving us boldness because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. We are arising to fulfill our ecclesiastical mandate and our kingdom purpose in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. No more turning back, South Africa. Our eyes are wide open. God has given us the sevenfold spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of obedient, reverent fear of God, and the spirit of wisdom. Come on, South Africa. So we're going forward with Jesus. We have no fear. We are immovable and unstoppable in God. We are not moving. We are going to make sure that South Africa fulfills her kingdom agenda. No corruption. Poverty will be eliminated. Constitutional rights will be protected. Leaders, righteous servant leaders will be brought in with new systems and new blueprints. Economic systems will be changed so that everybody in South Africa can eat, will eat, and will have access to clean water, to, to food, and everybody will have food on their table and have access to basic human rights. So thank you, Dwayne. I can't thank you enough for being bold enough to keep this program on air in spite of whatever pushback you might have had. Mm. I really believe that it has been and will continue to be a platform of sensitizing, educating, and empowering God's people to fulfill his kingdom agenda and his will. Thy will be done on earth, Lord, even as it is in heaven. Well, Riff, uh, the other day someone asked me, Dwayne, what will you and Reverend Paul Kupai keep yourself busy with now when all the COVID stuff is done? <laughs> and um, Rev, we, we, uh, we, by the way, we've got five minutes left. And I told that person that since since I've been spending time with Reverend Paul Kupai, I've come to the realization <laughs> that there is not enough time for us to address all the stuff that we can get involved with. Exactly. I mean, there's, exactly. there's already new things right now that we need people's votes on, that we need people's voices on. Rev, we've got, we've literally have three and a half minutes left. What's next for Dwayne and Reverend Paul Coupe? Like you said, Dwayne, there's always something. I mean, they're not trying to bring up monkeypox. But I mean, we were on the program even before COVID, so-called COVID hit. Yeah. Remember, we've been talking about CSC. We talked about comprehensive sexuality education. We talked about the hate speech bill. We talked about Pepuda. So it's, you know, uh, mandatory vaccination was one of many themes mm. that we've been discussing. We are here to talk about legal is issues. We focus on legal issues and things pertaining to active citizenry that want the citizens' attention in the form of legislation. And there'll always be law, and there'll always be new laws and new bills. So we're here for a long time, people. Uh, you, you're not going to get rid of us that quick. We're here. We're here to stay. So lots of stuff to discuss, new bills, new laws, 
new stuff that needs to be done. So yeah, it just so happened that the vaccination issue took a lot of our time, but there's certainly a lot, a lot of stuff to be talked about. Of course, and we will shortly be coming to the Airwaves Radio Pulpit to give you guys some more dates and times. We are off air busy discussing this with uh, Reverend Paul Kupai uh, at a mother-daughter seminar. We also have Brad Huddleston yeah. uh, coming into the country in October. And I'm still hooking up an evening with Reverend Paul Kupai and Brad Huddleston. That is something not to miss. But yeah, we'll give wait. you guys more details at a later stage. Rev, in two minutes, how can the people get hold of you? Well, people, you can find me on Facebook under Pearl, Pearl, P-E-A-R-L, Komotso, K-G-O-M-O-T-S-O, Coupe. So that's my personal Facebook page. You can find me there. It's usually quite full, so you can just follow. Um, following means you'll still get notifications, etc. cetera. Uh, email, uh, you can get me on email, Pearl, P-E-A-R-L dot Coupe, K-U-P-E, at gmail.com. Um, yeah, read some of the articles I write in Joy Magazine. I write, I've been writing for Joy Magazine for five years now, monthly articles. So you can read some of that to know what's happening in terms of, you know, what things to be updated on. And you can listen to me. Yes, of course, with Dwayne monthly. We have our monthly issues. But yeah, those are some of the places that you'll find me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Rev Pearl. And I'm on Instagram as well. So yeah. Uh, you'll bump into me there. If, if you want, also just do a Google search and you'll find you'll find out where to get me. So. Yeah, all of her, all of her public uh, pictures has got a, a huge Afro hairstyle. That is the lady. Nah. That is the correct one. <laughs> and if you can't get all of her anywhere else, just send me a WhatsApp, Dwayne at RadioPulpa.co.za, and I'll make sure that I hook you up with Reverend Paul Coupe. Rev, it has been an amazing COVID journey with myself and you. Thank you for keeping me on my toes. Uh, thank you for keeping me um, stuck to the mandate of the kingdom of Christ. I, I think I could have easily gotten distracted over the past 24 months with all the onslaughts and attacks. But I'm, I'm celebrating with you tonight. This is a huge breakthrough for South Africa. And thank you on behalf of South Africa. Thank you for the work that you do. And uh, I spoke to someone last week who said, I just love the fact that Reverend Paul Kupai opens up her mouth and she doesn't care who says what about her. So, so hats off to you for that. And um, just once again, thank you for being part of my show. Now, thank you, Dwayne. And having said that, yes, is this a great victory? It is. But guys, there's still work to do. They're still trying to, uh, you know, pursue the vaccinations. So I don't want us to rest on our laurels and think mm. everything's over. We still need to, um, you know, make sure that there's nobody vaccinated against their will. I know that still in some circles, they're still trying to vaccinate the children. So there's still work to be done. Don't just fold your arms and rest on your laurels. Um, let's continue and keep pushing and um, keep making sure that we're, we're on it. We stay on it. <laughs> Alright, well, super Remember to tune in every last Monday of every month For myself and Reverend Paul Gupay With some Kingdom legislation Rev, it is cold Now you can yeah. go, go jump yes, back in bed And keep yourself warm Asa blieftoch, yeah Asa Well, on behalf of myself <laughs> And Reverend Paul Gupay And the entire radio pulpit Around the country We want to bless you guys Enjoy the rest of your Monday evening Have an awesome week And I remember Back same time, same place Next week, Monday Right here On your Daily Companion Radio Pulpit Enjoy this one Bye-bye, guys